You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and we are fortunate to sit down with former NFL wide receiver of the Houston Texans, Kevin Walter. Kevin, thank you very much for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Kevin, you know, I've been fortunate to sit down with many athletes. Um, you know, you spent how many years in the NFL? Uh, 11 years. 11 years in the NFL is an eternity. The average lifespan of an NFL football player would be, what, two or three years? Yeah, I think so, yeah, two or three years. Two or three years, and you uh, bypassed that by a long shot. What do you think was the uh, overall contributing factor of your longevity in the NFL? You know what? There's a lot of factors, I think. I think, obviously, you have to have the talent to play in the, in the league, number one. Two, you got to stay injury-free. You know, I think that's huge. You know, you can't really, if you're injured, you can't be out there. If you can't be out there, they'll find someone that could be out there. Um, three is just work, working hard, you know, being the hardest worker in the room and, and uh, you know, taking your job serious. And uh, I think that's important. And you are originally from Chicago, correct? That's right. Yep. Chicago. Chicago. And you went on to play at the University of... Eastern Michigan University. Eastern Michigan University. In the MAC. Yeah, we played. In the MAC. Yep. Yep. Who was your head coach at at the university? Uh, We had uh, Coach Woodruff. Ron Woodruff. Ron Woodruff. And did you have... You know, I was a very small school uh, prospect coming out. But that's not necessarily a small school. It's not, you know, the the Michigans or the Ohio State. But that's a that's a one uh, A school. And what made you choose uh, Eastern? You know, my you know, growing up in Chicago, my parents were originally from Michigan, and uh, you know, they, they didn't have too many scholarship offers coming out. Um, actually, I played tight end a little bit in high school. It was an all state tight end in Chicago, and uh, didn't have too many looks. But, you know, Eastern Michigan was the first one that gave me an offer, and uh, I took it. Yeah, you know, I had a great visit with them, and I'm like, you know what, let, let's do this. And right. I was excited about it. And it's kind of close to home, no? Yeah, four hours away, so it was it felt like home. Four hours is not bad. And you arrive there, and, and they immediately move you to wide receiver? Went to wide receiver and safety, yeah. so um, Safety? Safety. You enjoy hitting people? I do. So, yeah. I, you know, that was my mentality. You know, playing receiver, I, I everyone's like, oh, you, you know, did it hurt getting hit? You know, this out. I'm like, no, actually, I had a linebacker mentality playing receiver. Right. You know, I, I always pr- took pride in, in being physical. And uh, I, I think that helped me kind of stay injury-free in a way, right. it kind of made, if, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. you go out there, you're not scared of getting hit. You want to actually kind of impose their will on somebody. Right. And I think that really helped me out. You're kind of built like a linebacker. You're about 6'4", 220. Yeah, I played at 220, yep. That's a big wide receiver coming at you, folks. So um, <laughs> what was your favorite part of actually playing wide receiver? Oh, man, just, just making plays. Making plays on third down. I remember my first few years I played in Cincinnati. Most of my career was in Houston, but my first three were in Cincinnati. And, and going up to Pittsburgh on the road on a third down, you can't even hear the huddle call. It, 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 was, so, it was so loud. And, uh, you know, you got 70,000 people there. and. You know, it's third and six, and you make a play on third down, and, and everybody's just quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 
you know, the, you can hear like a, a pin drop, and mm-hmm. I think that was pretty neat. And getting to the NFL, I mean, it's a, I'm sure a childhood dream. Were you one of those guys that you always had dreams of playing in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did. Um, yeah, I took it serious, you know, in college, you know, I, but it was a dream of mine. You know, right. Chicago Bears, the 85 Bears, Walter Payton, William Fridge, yeah. you know, th- that was my squad. And uh, so I, I always, always enjoyed football. Um, but it, it was a dream, yeah. I hated that squad because you stomped the, our brains out, the New England Patriots. It made me very sad as a child. Oh, I yeah. cried for months. <laughs> but what was the, what would you say was the most difficult or challenging part to overcome in making the transition from college to the NFL? I think just getting the opportunity. You know, getting the opportunity, getting your foot in the door. You know, I got drafted as a seventh-round pick. And uh, nothing was ever given to me. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want it any other way because I think that's uh, a good way to have it. Um, proving people wrong. Um, just getting your foot in the door and the opportunity, I think, is the toughest part. Mm-hmm. Once you get your foot in the door, you, you make the best of it. You go out there and show these coaches, show your teammates you belong out there, you make plays, and, uh, and you can contribute to the team. You, we, I know, like, the weekly uh, game plan and the insertion can be uh, a bit um – overwhelming at times did you have a difficult time picking things up or did uh, you have a certain system that you adapted to try to make sure that you remembered everything and you were on point with the uh, you know the the football uh, IQ of the weekly insertion what did you do to prepare tell you the truth I knew that I knew the playbook inside and out you know I was in coach Kubiak's offense for for seven years and uh, yeah, I didn't even have to take notes but I took notes every day like it was my first day. You know, I knew the system. I knew everything. I still, I still like it was my first day like I didn't know it. I was still highlighting routes. I was still, you know, jotting down stuff. Just, I guess, a creature of habit. I just have to do that, you know, for, for, my, for my checklist going into the week. If I didn't do that, yeah, I felt like I wasn't prepared. Right. So that's the way I kind of approach it. That's interesting. Even someone at, at the highest level and someone who's a seasoned veteran still treats every game or every practice like it's his first opportunity. I think that speaks volumes. You really are your habits. Like you, you become your habits, and your habits is what makes you actually successful. And in turn, that's what put you in a position to be successful. Um, you know, I, I want to get into the other stuff. Uh, you played. You were drafted by the Giants. Giants, yes. The yep. New York Giants, and then after your stint with the Giants, you actually. Went over to Houston, correct? No, I went to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, two thousand three. Right. Yeah, I got drafted in New York here, and then uh, went to Cincinnati after mm-hmm. that. Played my first three years there, and then went to Houston. And did you have a positive experience under uh, Marv Lewis in uh, Cincinnati? Yeah, absolutely. You coach did. Lewis, yeah, he was great. And who was your receivers coach while you were in Cincinnati? Uh, we had who was our coach Woods was our first receiver coach, and then Hugh Jackson was my second uh, receiver coach in Cincinnati. So you guys know Hugh, you know, he's the head coach at Cleveland Browns right now. Mm-hmm. You know, a heck of a coach. You know, there's a lot of good coaches I you know, encountered in the league, and he's, he's right up there with, with the best. Was there someone that uh, you kind of uh, was your mentor as a receiver when you first came into the league in Cincinnati? Yeah, you know what, Chad Johnson. You know, he, he, was, uh, he was my guy. Uh, you know, Chad Ocho Cinco. That's right, you know, now. that's right. And uh, – he was my guy. You know, I, I backed him up for three years, and I learned a lot from him. T.J. Mahuchmanzada was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Warwick from Florida State, he was there as well. So those three guys, um, they made plays all over the field. Mm-hmm. Chad was in his prime at the time, and I mean, I, I just remember just taking little. It's you know, it's pe- you know, pieces of his game and p- pieces of you know T.J.'s and Peter's game, kind of applying it to me and learning from him. You know, I didn't start right away, um, so I had a chance to kind of absorb all this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and then working my craft at playing receiver. And uh, but Chad, I looked up to Chad for sure. He he was fun. What a great group of guys to actually uh, take in all that information and be a sponge and learn everything possible. I mean, that's just a great environment to take things in. You, early on, did you uh, you have someone that you were like, oh, man, this defensive back is a monster. Like, this guy, you had so much respect for this one DB. Is there one defensive back that comes to mind that really did an outstanding job in coverage? You know what? I think Al Harris was great. Mm -hmm. Al Harris was a solid player. Um, Namdi Asamoah, mm -hmm. you know, from Oakland. Yeah. He was a long guy that got in your face, mm -hmm. and you, you really had to, you know, work to get off the line of scrimmage against him because he was so long, his arms. Um, there were so many talented guys, but those two off the top of my head. And then mm -hmm. you got guys nowadays like, you know, Darrell Rivas. Mm -hmm. You know, he's as solid as they come, strong guy. Um, but he's – those three guys are solid. You know, I'm a very visual – I'm a visual learner, and I'm also – I the, the, the memories I had playing – football i mean there were there's some very vivid positive and negative memories for myself what was probably the most positive play or game that you had in your career that you could uh reference? um well you know growing up a bears fan you know right. we always played against you know obviously played against the packers and this and that and, and i remember in houston we went up there it was negative two degrees at kickoff Oof. you know playing against aaron Rodgers. i think the first or second year he started we went up there and threw for like 400 yards or 500 wow. yards. You know, one in the la you know last minute field goal in Lambeau Field with right. all that history and growing right. up Chicago, knowing the history between. That's a big deal. So that was kind of a, a neat game. Um, but I think the ultimate one would have been probably going back to Cincinnati when I was in Houston and catching like a, a game winning touchdown with like two seconds left wow. to kind of spring our team, you know, for the win. And then ultimately that was our first playoff appearance in franchise history. Which was pretty neat to be involved with that play. Yeah, that's incredible. And you caught and, the winning touchdown. And going back to my old team yeah, too. Of course. Yeah. You know, so that yeah, was even yeah. even met even better. Yeah, bittersweet. I mean, that describe that feeling. You catch that ball. It was that overtime or the final. No, play? it was the final play. Final play. We might have had one more play left, but okay. it was like two seconds left. But you ultimately helped them win the game, which is incredible. What was that feeling like? Oh, it was great. It was incredible. Yeah. It was it was so much fun. Um, Actually, you know, a few days before I wasn't feeling well, I was in the hospital, this and that, and then I'm like, I don't know if I can play. Our number one receiver, Andre Johnson, was out, and so we only had, I think, dressed like three or three receivers. I'm like, so you got to play, Kev. I'm like, okay, let's go, let's do it. And uh, so we all made plays. It was, it was a team win, and uh, we all made plays when it, when we had to. And but the the feeling of scoring and then winning that game, and then ultimately, you know going in the locker room, watching Tennessee lose, and we got the playoffs. I mean, that was amazing. I mean, this, the plane yeah. ride home and all that, and that, that's what you play for. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you, I think that's what – I'm sorry. That's what separates the, the everyday world. Like you're not feeling sick. You had a bit of a cold. Hey, I'm calling in. I'm not going to work. You're sick. You're probably not feeling well. You're in the hospital a few days before, but you're playing. Oh, yeah. And I think that just speaks to the mentality of a football player, and that helps you – later on in life like you got to do what you got to do and suck it up what was your mindset going into a game when you know you're not feeling that well you got to do what you got to do but how do you mentally prepare yourself you got to do it with people are counting on you mm -hmm. you know your teammates are counting your coaches are counting on you you don't want to let anybody down you know you know your role and uh, you want to do it the best you possibly can it doesn't matter if you're sick or not it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're hurt or not you know you're going to be out there hurt and i was out there hurt quite a bit um and I didn't want anybody else to do my job, tell you the truth. Right. I wanted to be that guy right. that's always dependable, that coaches and you know teammates can encounter on them to get it done. Right. And that's it. that was my mentality. So we actually have some mutual friends, and those mutual friends tell me that you're, you know, uh, not necessarily a workout fanatic, but someone takes it very seriously. And you very well may be a, a training fanatic, which is a positive thing. A lot of guys aren't really like that. 
can you speak to how important training is for you and how you approach training? Yeah, I mean, training is my life. It's it's uh, not just what I did, you know, for playing football, but it's a lifestyle for me now. Even though it's my you know second year out of, of playing, um, still work out five six days a week. You know, still eat right. You know, I got to eat better now than I did before because I'm not running around as much. You know, I used to run you know run like a deer on the field all day every day, but you know when I was playing football, I I that's all I did is work out. You know, I mm -hmm. I go practice. People go home. I'm in the gym. Right. I'm still working out. They had to kick me out of the gym. Right, just to, that's right, just right. that's just the way I was. Right. And uh, called, hey, relax, Kev. You gotta get some rest. No, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I'm I'm good. And that's just that was my mentality. And in, right. in, in a way, I'm kind of still wired like that. Right. Um, and, and that's just me. And how do you train yourself now, as opposed to when you were training in NFL? The NFL is very different. You have to train yourself, you know, for speed, explosiveness, and, mm -hmm. and now trying to be healthy and improve your quality of life. You right know, for the long haul, how do you? How what are the different different parallels in training now? Yeah, well, I had in 2013, I had back surgery, so that kind of yeah adjusted my workout. I can't load the bar like I used right. to. I used to do a ton of heavy squats. Right. I can't do that anymore. So I got to adjust my workouts with different lunges and different things to kind of activate my lower body and still get a good workout in. Mm -hmm. um, cardio, I, I don't, you know, I, I do sprints, but not as much as I used to. So I'll do the, uh, you know, Stairmaster elliptical. I, mm -hmm. I kind of substitute the higher pounding on my low back right, with, right. with exercises and, and things like that. And was uh, the back surgery your main surgery over your career? Some of these guys have had tons of surgery. I myself have had tons of surgery. Did you have other surgeries as well as the lower back surgery? No, that's it. I was lucky over the yeah, years. That's my only one. Yeah, and then I had a little bit of a, you know, nerve damage go with it. So I'm like, I try to, as hard as I can to come back. And uh, I couldn't do it. You know, right. it's, it's, it took a while for my nerves to kind of regenerate. And uh, and it's still not the same. But you know what? Your body kind of tells you, hey, it might be, this might be the time to stop playing. And yeah. it, was, it was tough for me to kind of swallow, oh, you know, because sure. I wasn't, that guy to kind of you know to, to sit still and, and be like you know what this this is a time that I have to stop playing but mm -hmm. it is what it is but I didn't want it to be I thought I was gonna play 15 years to right. tell you the truth but everything kind of happens for a reason I truly believe that absolutely and now you can spend more time with your family and then you know uh, be able to play games with your kids and things we know the the importance that holds mm -hmm. if there was one uh, you know incredibly strong takeaway from a coach do you remember one specific uh rule or learning or teaching tool from a coach that a coach may have taught you that you've applied to your not only your career but your life uh i'm sure i'm sure there's a lot i'm um mm -hmm. you know this is always this, this is your work ethic you know you, can, you can't really control the opportunities like i was saying before you can't control how many opportunities you get but you can control your your work ethic you know and, and i always took pride in that and uh i still do in a way you know mm -hmm. Um, you can always try to be the hardest worker in the room because no one can ever take that away from you. Right. And that's kind of what I, what I believe in. You know, just even going back as a kid, my dad used to drive two and a half hours one way to work just to kind of, you know, make ends meet, you know. And uh, it always touched me a little bit because, uh, you know, that he, two and a half hours one way to work there and back, you know, he barely saw us at night, but he worked hard to provide for us. And uh, they always stuck with me. It's no doubt that he obviously instilled that in you and you've carried that on as a family tradition. What would you say, um, you know, you miss the most about playing professional sports, playing in the NFL nowadays? Oh, man. Yeah, I talk to a lot of guys, and they feel the same way. Just the camaraderie with the guys, the mm -hmm. locker room. 
Um, but obviously competing, competing in practice, competing on game day, going in front, you know, in front of the home crowd, making plays. You know, I miss all that. Yeah, I do. Um, but I, I would say just the camaraderie with the guys for sure. The camaraderie with the guys as well as the hazing of the younger players. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. You get, yeah, the hazing <laughs> is the best. That's the best part, you know. But um, I, I think they cracked down over the years on that, yeah. you know. Can you can you speak to something that you guys used to do that uh, we could actually speak over the air about uh, to the younger guys? Yeah, well, we used to do not necessarily me, but I, I kind of obviously watched it. But they, they <laughs> you, you didn't know, stop it. I didn't stop it. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> stop it. We used to tie you know tie the guys up and, and throw them in the cold tub. You know, that's one of the things. Yeah, obviously the, the rookies are carrying your pads on and off the field and. You know, they go bring you breakfast in the morning, right. you know, things like that. Nothing crazy. You Nothing know, do crazy. Hair, crazy haircuts, crazy you know. Haircuts. Give a guy a reverse mohawk. Reverse. In a while. Oh, yeah, definitely, you know. How about the uh, rookie receiver had to take everyone out to dinner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. we sure did. Those, those are cheap dinners, aren't they? Those are cheap dinners. <laughs> People are just buying, you know, oh. buying stuff just to buy stuff. Right. They're not going to eat it, but they're going to double lobster. Double lobster. <laughs> we'll take a bottle of this home, too. And oh, uh, you know what? My wife's hungry. We're going to get her something, too. That's brutal. That's, yeah, but that's part of the camaraderie, too. You know, it's that's what I miss. Right. So, you know, playing in the NFL, was there ever a, a franchise where – you know, you played for the Bengals, you played for the Texans, you had positive experiences with both teams. Was there a franchise you were a bit, I wouldn't say jealous of, but you're like, hey, man, I really respect this franchise. They are special, and you know that there's a special magic going on with that franchise, or was there a lot of parity? Yeah, there's a lot of parity, but I, I think in my career, you know, going up to Foxborough was always tough. You know, we yeah. played them in the playoffs, second round of the playoffs, um, division game. It's always a tough place to play, you know, and I have a lot of respect for them. Yeah. And uh, just the way they go about business, mm-hmm. it's all football, all business, mm-hmm. you know, you know your role, There's, you know, and that's why they're successful. No doubt. And uh, I do admire that their organization and what they've done over the years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was a tough place to play. It was, it was, Definitely it was my nemesis for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are fanatics. And I, we spoke earlier today about, you know, if the Patriots win a game, it's the happiest state in the world. And if – they lose a game. They are not happy people, so they are definitely uh, live and die by oh, the yeah. blue and uh, red. Mm-hmm. What would you say um, if there was a few things that you could change? I don't know about training camp, but about the way you would prepare. Like if you could go back now, how would you prepare a little bit differently that might help you? If the the today's Kevin Walter could speak to the rookie or younger Kevin Walter, what would you do differently, or if anything at all? Yeah, you know what? I, I probably would. Pretty much, do, you know, you got to take care of your body. And not, not a lot of guys take care of their body. Mm-hmm. Spend that extra time, you know, you know, after practice, getting in the training room and going to the cold tub, hot tub, stretching. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a hyperbaric chamber. I was, like, wow. all into the, like, your right. body's your work. If you can't be out there, you're not going to play. You're not going to, you're not going to have a job. Right. And uh, I think nutrition. I didn't know much about nutrition, you know, even in college, probably my first five, six years in the league, seven years in the league. I didn't know what I do now. Mm-hmm. I wish I kind of knew Knew that I bet you that would feel my you know my body better. Mm-hmm. I would have felt a little better out there. You know it's amazing. You know in these in these NFL locker rooms, you know some of the food they bring in. Right. You know you you've seen you know, sometimes yeah. I, like the, the day before the game they'll bring in fried chicken or like how can you how can you feel your body? You're about to go out there and, and run with these guys that you know they're it's it's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right, but they do it, and some of them get away with it for a long time. Some guys can, yeah. Yeah, some guys can. I felt the difference though. And yeah. If I eat that, that's like the next time. Like, oh, a little felt a little yeah, sluggish, right. a little sluggish. But Absolutely. that's just me. 
Do you, are you a, a mobility guy and a cold tub recovery guy even when you were there? Like you try to take advantage to the best of your ability? I mean, you, you said you changed a little bit of that with the nutrition, but the first part of the question would be, did you access uh, the majority of those things? And secondly, I, I just don't feel like a lot of guys even do that. They kind of want to get the hell out of there. They don't really take advantage of what's being offered. I, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. I, for me, I live in the cold tub, mm-hmm. hot tub sauna you know i worked with those especially my last three years in the league i worked with the trainers all day all morning i used to sit in meetings with like a stem machine on my back just to loosen up right you know not that i necessarily needed but i felt like i I did you know it made me maybe to you know in my mind you know kind of have some you know like i said before i had a little checklist in my mind if i don't get it done i feel like i'm not prepared for practice or a game Mm -hmm. and that was one of those things but i took advantage of everything they had the you know, the IV therapy, we talked about that. Like I have uh, people I know now that are in business and they run IV therapy centers where they can make a cocktail of vitamins and minerals to help recover. And they use it like post-workout or pre-workout, even after a long weekend of partying. Um, did you see a lot of guys doing that? You did it. Uh, was that common for most people? You know what? As far as the vitamin IV, not not mm. too many people. I know a few athletes that did that, a few guys. Um, but IVs, you know, especially being in Houston, it's mm-hmm. so hot and humid. You know, everybody got IVs. You know, right. and then you know, halftime, you, you go into the locker room a little early if, if you don't have the ball, and you get an IV. Right. You know, it, it helps. Right. It helps. You, you know, really feel the difference. Feel the difference for sure. That's, you know, it prevents cramping. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, be, especially down in Miami too, it's, oh, it's when it's hot, hot and humid. It's you got to stay hydrated, otherwise, it, you know, it's tough. And did you have a difficult time? I mean, the season's long. I mean, the, the with training camp, well, you have uh, mini camp, then you have training camp, then you have the season, then possible playoffs. That's almost like a double college football season. Oh, it is. And it's brutal. You see a lot of these rookies kind of hit the wall. Yeah. Right around their bowl seasons or yeah. not even when, at the end of the season. They're like, holy cow, we got a whole another season coming. Right. And uh, it's a long, long year for those guys. Yeah, Bill Parcells would refer to it as staying power. Like a lot of guys are fast out the gate, but he tries to explain how it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how would you pace yourself out through the season so you don't get burned out? Because, you know, your longevity is basically one of the skill sets that are important oh, to yeah. survive in the NFL. I think taking taking care of your body, mm-hmm. you know, and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not going out there on the streets and, and you know, after you win a game and, and you know, you can get have fun and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there, there's a, a way to do way to do things and a way to do your job. And and uh, if you want to stay long in the league, mm-hmm. if you go out there and make your plays and, and take care of your body, stay injury free. Man, you can play in the league a long time. Right. And you work hard, right. but there's a lot of, a lot of ways you can get out of that league. A lot right. more, I think. In were there any tricks that you can maybe give up now that you used going into a game? I don't know if it's maybe uh, stickier gloves or. Anything, anyways, like we call it, in, and I have a, a close friend that's also a major league baseball team owner, and they call it the extra two percent. Like just little edges that they would give you that advantage on a field. Anything like that that you could speak of? No, not that I can think of. To tell you the truth, um, no. The glo- the gloves that they give us nowadays are pretty tacky, right. so you don't got to put anything on them. You know, you can catch anything with them. Right. Um, you know, there's not nothing really. Really. Just uh, it is what it is. Put in the hard work and, and everything takes care yeah, of itself. Yeah, you work hard in practice and the games are easy. That's the way I looked at it. Understood. And, and playing in the NFL and if you're a single guy that's, you know, you have your responsibilities to train yourself, be prepared, do the body maintenance, play in the games and, and do your job uh, when called upon. But you're also a family man. 
So, and you did have a family when you were playing, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that like trying to juggle both? Because those are two very different jobs. Yeah, absolutely. It is tough. It is tough to kind of, you know, even after a bad day at practice or something, you come home, you're pissed off. You're like, Mm -hmm. damn, you know, you look like crap on film. You got to get this right before game day. But you got to know kind of turn that switch off. Mm -hmm. You're coming home to two kids that have no clue what how your day went. Mm -hmm. You got to come home and be a a dad. And, uh, you know, at the time I had two, I have three now. Um, but yeah, you come home and they don't they don't understand. You had a, mm-hmm. a rough day or a good day. They're just smiling, hey daddy, this and that. So you kind of you got to turn the switch, uh, you know, off from mm-hmm. football mode to be a dad. And it's a, it's a neat thing and right. it's another challenge. And and I loved it. Right. And your time is limited because the season is so demanding. Would you figure out ways to just strategically plan, you know, time with the family and play dates with the kids and oh, things yeah. like that? No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and then we had the kids come out to practice, and then there's other players and their That's kids cool. out there. So it was neat. That's real cool. It was neat. But also my wife was was, was awesome, man. She she realized when I came home I had to kind of still recover. You know, I, I you know did the hyperbaric chamber. I did all that stuff. So it's not mm-hmm. it wasn't just at, at the facility. I still came home and had to get right for the next day and for the game. Right. So we were on the same page, and having someone like, you know, having a supportive wife is huge. Right. And what types of things would you put yourself through in regards to the stress of the season? Were there any rituals that you took part in to kind of like unwind and make sure you could zen yourself out or put yourself in a meditative state? Oh, you have to. You have to, for sure. You know, when I came home, I never watched football. I didn't really. I barely watched football. I kind of just... Yeah, you know, I, I like to you know snowboard. I, I used to snow. I didn't snowboard too much when I was playing, but I like mm-hmm. like growing up like skateboarding snow. I used to watch Fuel TV. You could just come home and not even think about football. Right. Just get away from the game. Um, but yeah, this this kind of just get your mind off of everything. Yeah, you shut, know, shut it down. Just right? shut it down because it can be draining. It can be overwhelming, and uh, there's a time and a place for everything. Absolutely. I believe. Absolutely, and it's such a combative game, and it's so rough. How is the body feeling nowadays? You feel pretty good. Good, yeah. yeah. I feels pretty good. I still have a little issues with my back, but mm-hmm. um, you just gotta stay, you know, flexible, stretch a little more, and mm-hmm. um, alter my workouts a little bit. But no, I feel great. I really do. I feel. I honestly, I feel like I could. Man, man, you know, in my head, I can go out there in places. Right. Still, my body, you know, <laughs> won't won't let me, unfortunately. Right. But uh, I, I still feel like I could go out there and, and play. But so transitioning from football. You know, you were so passionate about many years. You worked so very hard. You had a, a terrific career. What are you doing nowadays to fill your days? What is your work of choice, and, and what do you plan on doing over the next few years? Where do you see yourself? Yeah, right now I'm just uh, waking up and taking my kids to school, picking them up from school. You know, I'm involved with a few things down in Houston, um, so we go back and forth there. Mm-hmm. And uh, working with today's business, I'm very, uh, very happy to be working with this company. And uh, it's it's awesome, um, but it is really nice to you know take my kids to school and be a family man, be a dad, and be around. Um, on the other side, I'm not wired, you know, not really wired so much as far as sitting home. So I, I'm, I told myself once we got back up here to New Jersey, you know, moving from Texas, that I would start uh, figuring some things out, and and, uh, and that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of players struggle with that transition. Oh yeah, and I, I see that. And it's okay not to know what to do once you're done playing, and, and it's okay. Some people don't realize, hey, oh, there's, I got to get a job right away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone's situation is different, but it's still okay not to know, you know, if you know, exactly what you want to do. Right. And do you? I mean, when I finished playing football, I mean, I probably didn't watch any football for two years. Like I had no interest. People would ask me if I'm watching the big game. Right. 
you know, responded with an absolutely not. Right. And it was almost like a, res- a resentful absolutely not because I had so much football in 23 years of watching film, of playing in three different leagues, and I'm, I'm good. I've had my fill. Do you watch games now? I watch games now. You know, I root for my friends that are still out there playing. Right. You know, obviously, I, I keep in touch with some guys, and mm-hmm. and uh, I, you're rooting them on. Everyone's like, are you a Texan fan? Yeah, I'm a Texan fan, but I'm a mm-hmm. fan of all my friends out there, all my past teammates, mm-hmm. and uh, that keeps me in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and also the coaches as well. You know, right. I still talk to a lot of coaches around the league, um, and, yeah, that's important. You're sitting at home, you're watching a game, and you see a receiver do something or an athlete do something that's incredibly uh, – you know, selfish or just not a smart team move. Do you want to grab that kid and explain to him why? No question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like, come on. You just, there's so many talented guys out there right now. But the main thing is just learn to be a pro. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just be a pro. And that's why I admire, uh, you know, the, the Patriots. Yeah. They, they teach you how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. No matter if you're a superstar or you're the 53rd guy on the roster, everyone's going to be, you know, I wouldn't say treated the same, but you're respected the same. And, right. uh, you're gonna be accountable, and uh, yeah. But yeah, you see a lot of guys out there. Just it takes a little time to be a pro. And yeah. They'll understand when they get a little older. But there's a lot of talent. Yeah, and it's I fun to watch. Try to refer like this past year, I actually did watch some football, and I saw uh, one team in particular where a linebacker had two personal uh, fouls or misconduct penalties in the game to cost the game. Yeah, I saw that. I leave the names out of it, but. Were you going crazy? Because I was going crazy. I couldn't believe, you know, the franchise has an opportunity and this guy has not one but two. Yeah. What thoughts are going through your head when you're seeing that? Oh, it's it's a shame. Yeah. It really is because you know, it, it, you know, it, it, those two plays cost them the game because they went down there and kicked the field goal. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, you know, football is a very emotional game, and it, it, as as it being a pro, you got to control your emotions. Mm-hmm. You have highs and lows. You want to be, you want, you're pissed off. You want to react to something that you shouldn't, mm-hmm. but you do, and it costs your team a game. Right. You know, it's uh, it's it's frustrating to see. Tell you the truth. Right. Are there any changes you'd like to see in the NFL in the upcoming years? Or is there anything that stands out in your mind? You're like, man, I wish they would change that policy or that rule or anything. No, nah, you know, not not that come anything that I can think of. I think they made some changes the past day or so, like nine different changes. I think I think that player would be, I think, ejected. Right. You know, mm-hmm. for for two personal fouls. I think they're keeping the field goal where where it's at, which is which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. It makes it a little tougher for the guys. Right. Um, I remember back in the day when I played special teams when I was in Cincinnati. They, they kicked off, I believe, from the twenty. So there's a lot more collisions. You know, they're kind of you know the player safety now is is pretty big with the concussions, mm-hmm. which is which is great. But I remember back in the day hitting those wedges, and I'm sure yeah. you did as well. It's no picnic. It's no picnic. You know, <laughs> you don't see that too no, much anymore, no. which is good. Because yeah. you know it, you know helps out. You know helps with these players, you know, player safety and all that. But sweet. So. Kevin, I really appreciate you making time. What I'm going to do quickly is run through a series of questions. These are just one-word answers, and uh, first thing that comes to mind, more or less. Okay, so growing up, favorite athlete? Walter Payton. I hear Walter Payton a lot, man. He was sweet. Sweetness. 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 Unbelievable. Walter Payton, favorite team? Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. And Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls, so you're... A huge Michael Jordan fan. Michael Jordan, yep. Who yep. isn't? LeBron or Jordan? Oh, Jordan. Thank you. I mean, that's easy. I just got to hear it as much as possible. Yep. Favorite 
let's say favorite uh, book. Favorite book. Or um, last, last book read. Last book. I'm reading, actually, I know I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm reading The Big Short right now. Great movie. And, uh, yeah, I heard the movie. Yeah, go see it's the great. movie. It's great. It's fine. Um, we were talking about that today. Yeah. Great, great. Um, so, favorite movie? Favorite movie. Wow. Uh, there's there's quite a few. Yeah. Um, well, can you give me a comedy and a genesis? Yeah, comedy. American Pie. That's I like one. American Pie, man. <laughs> That's a great one. Stifler's the man, you yeah. know? No, I'm kidding. Stifler's mom. Stifler's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, as far as football, you got, like, yeah, what Rudy is, you know, it's, I remember Rudy's going, great. Rudy's awesome. I remember going to football camp, Notre Dame football camp in high school and mm-hmm. seeing that whole thing. They come home all excited to watch Rudy and stuff. Yeah, that was great. neat. Um, there's so many good movies out there, though. Yeah, so many good movies. Favorite TV show? TV show, what I'm watching right now, and I'm almost caught up to date, is Game of Thrones. I haven't seen every single one yet. Um, I can't so I'm not get s- into it, but I heard really? it's incredible. Dude, it's great, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I gotta get into it. If you watch like one season or one show, you're, yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's addicting for sure. Favorite um, music. Favorite music. Well, being in Texas the whole time, I like country music right now. Country. I like country. I like country, but I like everything. I like, uh, you know, Cascade. I listen to everything. Right. Um, shoot, Victorious B.I.G. I listen to all, right. I listen to yeah. everything. You know? uh, I pretty much like everything too. I yeah. For leave to R and B and hip hop, but okay. We uh, favorite restaurant. Favorite restaurant. Um, wow, there's 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 a few. Favorite restaurant in Houston. We can. I was gonna say Cincinnati. I was gonna go oh, to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Well, the, pre, the precinct or Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. Oh, those great places. Or the waterfront, the Montgomery Inn, the that's rib right. place. That's right. Rib place is unbelievable. Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, Houston, obviously, you got all the steakhouses. Del Frisco's, which is not just mm-hmm. in Houston, mm-hmm. they got some good steaks there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many good restaurants there. Okay, so favorite brand? We go Nike, Adidas, Puma. Is Puma even in it? Nike or Adidas? Nike. Is it even close? It's not even close. No, Nike's Nike's just step up their game every year. They come out with new stuff. It's incredible. But Adidas, I'll tell you, Under Armour, I remember I was with Nike for my first quite a few years, and then I went to actually to Under Armour, Under Armour Cleats. Under Armour, right? Yeah, they actually stepped yeah, up their game they as did well. They stepped up their uh, game. And, uh, yeah, both those are great. Favorite pastime? Favorite thing to do when you're just chilling? Oh, just chilling. Well, sleep, yeah, sleep, yeah, right. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't sit around much. Uh, right. Well, work, working out is like my, working out. is my therapeutic, therapeutic stuff that I do during the day. Working out and playing golf. Okay, playing golf. Favorite family activity? Uh, going to the beach. Beach, beach time. Just beach. Do you have a favorite beach? Uh, Lavalette here in New Jersey, or uh, yeah, we go to Lavalette. I love, love it, Jersey Shore. Yeah, but I mean, in, in Texas, you, you had Galveston. The Gulf of Mexico, right there, is it's not that part is not that nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say a lot of it. Favorite actor? Um, my favorite actor. There's so many. Yeah, there. there's a lot. There's a lot of them. I always run the name through the names. I go Christian Bale, Edward Norton, Robert De Niro, Leo. Yeah, Leonardo is 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 pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's, it's hard to choose one. Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Arnold. Arnold. Favorite Arnold movie? <laughs> Favorite Arnold movie. We, we, you guys know Twins, right? <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> twins. Twins was a great one. <laughs> Danny DeVito. That was a Last great Action movie. Hero. I mean, Last there, there's, there's some old school ones. I always go with Commando. 
Commando. Commando was great. Man. Well, the, I mean, Predator too. Predator. <laughs> Predator the, was no joke. He was With a the beast. Carl Weathers cameo. Yeah, he oh, got yeah. killed off early. It was too bad, but that was a good one. Mm-hmm. You're going to the electric chair, and it's your last meal. You can only have one thing. What would it be? What would it be? It would be um, probably a deep dish Chicago style pizza. Ooh, that sounds Luminati's maybe. Yeah, you won't have to worry about calories then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds good. Kevin, listen, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate you taking time. I know you're very busy, but it was an honor to have you on and I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you.